a special mazel tov um, to the Urbeck and to the Tzechman families on this wonderful occasion. We hope that there should be more simchas for you. I think I was the rabbi when Robin became bat mitzvah. So it's nice to be back here on this occasion as well. Last Shabbat, as I said goodbye to friends after Kiddush in Jerusalem, I added, see you tonight. And everybody knew what I meant, because for eight weeks or more, our Motzei Shabbat activity involved gathering in front of the residence of the President of Israel to call for a halt to the proposed governmental reforms to the judicial system governing the state of Israel. And many of us, as we gathered, actually would say to one another the words that we will say during the Seder, You shall tell your child on that day, for this purpose the Eternal took me out of Egypt. That is, we had a sense that we were standing there not only for ourselves, but also for future generations. There's a uh, photograph I have here, if I can find it. It says, um, a little kid blowing a whistle saying democracy, democracy or democratia. Um, the, and, and another says, Hivtahti lahorai, I promised my parents, lishmor ala medina, to guard this state. So we and others articulated an awareness that we were standing at a historical moment in the cold and often in the rain for our children, our grandchildren, and the future of Israel. Why? What brought thousands together in cities around Israel, over 10,000 weekly in Jerusalem, and hundreds of thousands in Tel Aviv. This wasn't organized by a political party. It grew from young people concerned about maintaining what they identified as a bait mishutaf, a shared home. Pesach is also about a bait mishutaf, a shared home. We gather and sometimes there are people sitting around the table at Seder that we really don't like. Sometimes that we don't agree with. But we all sit together because we recognize that we share a common past. Hopefully also a common future. And we want to find a way to be together because being together on Pesach is really important. You may have recall that in today's Torah portion, we're told that you're not supposed to offer a certain sacrifice with chametz. My colleague Zohar Atkin points out that although Pesach is associated with chametz, chametz is actually unremarkable. Bread is typically leavened. It is matzah that's exceptional, as in the English prefix, unleavened. We only think about chametz on Pesach because we don't eat it. 
We don't possess it. We don't make it. We declare any crumbs to be non-existent. Most of the time, chametz is so much part of our lives, we don't even recognize it as chametz. Leavened bread is just bread. It conceals its concealment. It is average everydayness. Think of the judiciary issue in Israel like chametz. Most people take the legal system for granted. Most are not attentive to judicial issues. It wasn't a major issue in any of the last campaigns, and there were five over the last number of years. It was one line in the coalition agreement. But then the proponents of what they termed judicial reform declared that they were moving ahead immediately and forcefully with sweeping changes to the structure of Israeli governance. And suddenly, everyone was talking not about chametz, but about judicial philosophy, about the structure of government, the balance of power. Just as chametz is unremarkable until Pesach, this issue was unexpected. And the gatherings brought together an unusual group, old women in wheelchairs, carrying and helped to be carrying protest signs, people in walkers, parents with children on their shoulders, students and vatikim, the chants, busha, this is a shame, and demokratia, democracy, were constant. The drumbeats and the horns and the whistles were insistent. They repeated every week. And some of the songs also repeated. One was built on a children's rhyme. Some of you will know the original. La aretz sheli shalosh rishuyot. My hat has three corners. If it didn't have three corners, it wouldn't be my hat. If this land didn't have three democratic areas, three authorities, it wouldn't be my country. Others were deeply nostalgic, such as Ehud Amanor's song, Einli Eretz Acheret, I have no other country, even if my land is aflame. Just a word in Hebrew pierces my veins and my soul. Here is my home. I shall not stay silent. I will sing in her ears until she opens her eyes. But unlike the songs and unlike the chants, the speakers differed every week. There were professors of law and political science, deans and rectors of universities, even former attorneys general and members of the judiciary. Somebody I occasionally daven with is a former member of the Supreme Court of Israel 
And when he got up to speak as a religious Jew and as someone who had been a secretary to the cabinet, the attorney general, and, and later then a member of the Supreme Court, people listened carefully. Those people focused on details of the legislation proposed by Yariv Levine and Simcha Rotman of the Netanyahu coalition. The imbalance of power that would result from the proposals being brought before the Knesset. Some pointed to the importance of the courts maintaining the international integrity of Israel and protecting the legal security of soldiers when outside the country. There were speakers concerned about the possible deterioration in the rights and freedoms for women, which have been protected by the judicial system. And in every crowd, there were women dressed in red robes and bonnets, a takeoff on Margaret Atwood's handmade tale. Mizrahi Jews who spoke made it clear that they wanted social change. They wanted more representation in the judicial leadership for Arabian and North African Jews, but that the totalistic changes in the judiciary were not needed to accomplish this. I was also impressed by the Arab speakers who mentioned and who recognized that there were not a lot of Arabs in the large body of protesters, but who spoke about the need for social and legal change. They felt that the Supreme Court had failed their community, which is a very different perspective from those who advocated for, so, for judicial change, who accused the court of being too pro-Arab. These people believed that the proposed changes would make the position of Arab citizens in Israeli society worse. And therefore, they wanted to support maintaining the existing system with some changes. And the demonstrations in Yerushalayim, I can't speak elsewhere, always included mitzvah-observing Jews who spoke in the language of Torah. Some were Haredim. Others were from the national religious sector, settlers from Yehuda and Shomron, the people who are usually seen as being on the other side. They pointed to ways that the legal system had both helped and hindered their communities. Often they emphasized the importance of listening to those who disagreed, of the need to find compromise and common cause to retain the unity of the country. The signs at the demonstrations were personal and notable. Many of them were quotes or adaptations from words of the liturgy of the Torah. Truth, justice, and peace shall be judged in your gates. I have placed shomrim, guardians, on your walls. There is no education without democracy, said the students. Liotam chofshi, to be a free people in our country. 
Zion b'mishpat tipadeh, Zion shall be built with righteousness. Ein li eretz acheret, I have no other country. Yesh shoftim b'yerushalayim, there are judges in Jerusalem. A quote usually attributed to Menachem Begin, Zichrono Livrachab. And Judaism and democracy, Bidibur Echad, in one word, as if they were singing Kabbalat Shabbat and Lechadodi. Erwin Kotler said that the sign that touched him the most, and he was there also Saturday nights in Jerusalem, was democracy is in our soul. But last weekend was a Manishtana time. From Thursday night until Monday night, there was a back and forth, a whiplash. There was the potential that the defense minister was going to speak, and then he was not. And then he met with the prime minister, and then the prime minister spoke. And then everybody thought he was going to call a halt to the legislation, but he said it's going ahead. But then he said, but I'll do everything I can to hold the country together. And then there was Saturday night. And the defense minister went on television to say, I'm calling for a halt to this because I'm deeply concerned about what this is doing to the military, to the security forces, to the security of the state of Israel. And when he said that, when he reminded people of that, the word spread through the crowds very quickly. Hope. Maybe something was really happening. On Sunday, when the prime minister returned from a visit to Germany, he discharged the defense minister. Some of you who have American memories will recall the Saturday night massacre during the Watergate years. Bibi discharged Gallant. He hadn't acted against ministers who spoke of destroying Arab towns. He hadn't addressed a minister who said that there was no Palestinian people. He hadn't stopped a minister who actually speaks about settler violence and supports it. But he fired the defense minister for saying he was deeply concerned about the security of the state of Israel. People were already a little on edge about the beginning of Ramadan. Would there be potential violence? By the way, thousands came to the Temple Mount, to the Haram al-Sharif on Friday, at the beginning of Ramadan, and it was peaceful. Many, many are concerned about the nuclear developments in Iran and whether Israel is going to have to do something and whether the United States would support it. And people are painfully aware of the potential loss of American, Canadian, and European support. And so on their own, hundreds of thousands of people poured into the streets on Sunday night. And that street action continued on Monday. The Business Council and the National Labor Union 
for the first time since the British mandate called together for a national strike. Universities announced closures. Josette and I thought we were going to fly out on Monday. We were at the airport and I got a text from my son saying, check the news, you're not going so fast. Maybe Pesach will be here in Jerusalem for you. All the flights were delayed because of the strike. But eventually, our flight was one of three that departed Ben-Gurion that day. And later that day, the Prime Minister, again this back and forth, called for a halt to the legislation and agreed to have representatives of the various political parties enter into negotiation mediated by the President of the State of Israel. Oscar knows, because we were together on Purim, I said, eventually they're going to come to the table with the President. It's a shame they don't do it sooner rather than later. But remember, the judiciary is kind of like chametz. You don't think about it until you do. Long ago, Yeshayahu, the prophet, also linked chametz and justice. Listen carefully to the Hebrew and then the English. It comes from the first chapter. Limdu heitev, learn to do good. Dirshu mishpat, devote yourself to justice. Ashru chamotz, relieve the oppressed, the chamotz. Shiftu yatom, Uphold the rights of the orphan, Rivu Almana, defend the cause of the widow. But the conflict exposed clearly the fault lines of Israeli society. And many of you have heard me say for many years that this conflict, this culture kampf, is going on in Israel. It's just now more accentuated. Dalia Shindlin, whose father taught Arabic and Hebrew poetry at JTS, wrote, the protest movement views the independent judiciary as the citizen's best defender of individual rights, equality, civic, and even progressive values. These democracy crusaders are secular or mildly religious. They voted for left, center, and center-right parties. Many even supported peace with the Palestinians in some form. Supporters of the government's plan believe that the court interferes with popular votes and conservative social values. By upholding the rights of LGBTQ, of women, of Arab citizens of Israel, or constraining Israeli settlement, or requiring military service, or basic educational standards for the Haredi community. So you can begin to hear these political differences. But Aaron Heller, whose grandfather was a lifelong member of our shul, Mickey Heller, he wrote, the political wedge issues in Israel are no longer questions about Palestinian statehood, but now the independence of the court, good governance, and plain decency. The political map is now defined mostly along identity lines, 
with the ultra-Orthodox nationalist settlers and working-class Mizrahi voters on one side, call it the Red Israel, and the wealthier, more Ashkenazi, educated class of the big cities on the other, call it Blue Israel. Israel now finds itself polarized along numerous societal fault lines, religious and secular, rural and urban, educated and not, religious and secular, traditional and progressive, hawks and doves. I really do want to hold on to the words of the Haftarah, There'll be a time when I will bring the hearts of the children, return them to the parents, and the hearts of the parents, and return them to the children. And maybe I'm able to do that because I return to an image and a song that I saw and heard repeatedly, whether at the daytime demonstrations in front of the Knesset or at the nighttime protests in front of the president's home that often walked to the prime minister's residence. The image I hold is of hundreds, thousands, hundreds of thousands of Israeli flags waving proudly by young and old with great patriotism and great faith and great hope. And the song which closed every protest, every demonstration, every gathering for which people stopped talking and stood in respect. You probably know those words and that hope. We all sang Hatikva. Please join me now. Shabbat Shalom, best wishes for a Chag Sameach V'Kasher.